Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Windows 11 finally decides to play nice with browsers. Jack Dorsey has resigned as the CEO of Twitter. What's the future of Twitter? We'll talk about that. The FTC is going after NVIDIA in regards to its acquisition of ARM. Even more horrific horror stories regarding the chip shortage and the lengths we're going to to try and make more chips. And some very, very bizarre stories about plastic. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, guys. Good evening, North Storm. Good This Eli's on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have so much to talk about. So, so much to talk about. I have no idea if we're going to get it all in today or not. Probably not. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. The track record lately of Eagle Eyes on tech being able to actually fulfill the entire roster has been. It's been impossible lately. There's just been so much news. Unfortunately, not all of it good. But it is what it is. I apologize. My voice sounds a little bit off. Um, I have been very excited for um, Final Fantasy XIV's latest expansion, Endwalker, and uh, it may or may not have affected my sleep schedule, and we may or may not be starting recording this podcast, uh, what, four hours before we normally do? Actually, let's be honest, like six hours before we normally do, because I almost always start like an hour or two late. And I'll tell you what, my initial thoughts of the launch, and right now, admittedly, I'm measuring one day, the very first day, and it's an early release. So only the people who pre-ordered have access to the new content right now. But all things considered, the launch has been shockingly smooth, TM. There's been servers, of course, that just absolutely got destroyed. There's no surprise there. There has been, you know, the EU servers were exactly, have been, well, pretty much exactly what we expected. The EU servers have been just like crashing left and right. People weren't able to get on the NA servers, the ones that, of course, I dread the most since, you know, I have a bit of a bias. They're kind of my servers. Those have been holding solid. Some of the other servers have been holding solid. The queues have been actually lower than I expected. And they've actually been moving fairly smooth. So, I mean, all things considered, I'd say the launch has been about as good as it can be, given the circumstances. Given the fact that the Final Fantasy fourteen team has been unable to visit their own data centers thanks to COVID. Given the fact that Square Enix did not let them go ahead and upgrade their servers a couple years ago, back when CPUs and GPUs and hardware did exist. And right now, it just simply doesn't exist. 
And I actually had, there has actually been an interesting back and forth I've had with a couple of people now. Should Square have updated and upgraded the servers long before now? And the art and the argument, it, I feel like the argument is kind of a little bit hindsight is 2020. There's just been so much that has applied to Final Fantasy XIV's massive explosion in popularity. Because it's hard to say we could have predicted the pandemic. It's hard to say we could have predicted the, the silicon shortage. It's hard to predict that Blizzard would have absolutely imploded itself. And oh, by the way, this whole time, half the freaking office is made of sexual predators while the other half either turns a blind eye to it or are its victims. And those are all factors, and in addition to just World of Warcraft in general, just a lot of people finally hopping off the bandwagon going, you know what? Maybe we deserve better. Maybe there could be a game that actually has improved over the years. Wow, what a concept. And that's all led to this massive explosion in popularity that Final Fantasy XIV has, in addition to other factors in itself, just the general fact that it's been long enough, enough people have been talking about it, that people like myself, who wrote off Final Fantasy XIV in the first place, because, well, let's be honest, when you hear an MMO is so bad, the, C- the CEO of, the, of its parent company had to go and say, yeah, we heavily apologize that Final Fantasy XIV is the worst thing to ever blight the planet. You tend to shun that that game out of your mind and consider it dead to you. Let's be honest. You did the exact same thing in regards to No Man's Sky. You did the exact same thing when you, when you heard of Fallout 76. You did the exact same thing when you heard about Cyberpunk 2077. It had a terrible launch. All right, never looking at it again. I did the same thing with the 14, and now it is one of the best storytelling games in the video game market. It's so good, I played it twice. And then some. I played through the whole blasted MSQ, the main story quest line, twice. Heck, I played through the lead-up section to Endwalker three times. And I loved it every time. The game's that good. But anyway, we're doing a tech podcast. Maybe I shouldn't gush about a game I love for seven minutes. There's plenty of YouTubers that do that for me. Let's instead talk about how, how Windows 11 finally, underline finally, decided to allow users to set what their default browser is. Oh, thank you, Microsoft! We have been blessed with the ability to decide that, you know, maybe, just maybe, we don't like Microsoft Edge. 
shocking. I know. So before, for those who don't recall, Windows 11 had a very nasty little uh, thing in it to make sure that you were in fact playing with Microsoft Edge. And that was very simple. If you want to go ahead and change the default browser from, from Microsoft Edge, you had to set every single default that had any sort of web extension at all. HTML, HTML5, PHP, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You had to set them all, and there was a ton of them, and most of them I can't recall off the top of my head, to something other than, win- than, micro- than you know, Edge. Which, by the way, is also done in exactly no other operating system except for maybe some terrible distro of Linux that no one wants to acknowledge exists. I only put that caveat because there's so many Linux distros distros that there's no possible way I could name them all. So other than I hate you OS, which is a derivative of Linux that I just made up, no other operating system did what Windows 11 did. And now, no operating system other than that fictional operating system I just made up does it because Windows 11 is now switched to a more normal way to change your browser default. Gee, and then people wonder why I kept saying, you know, Maybe you should hold off on on joining in on Windows 11. There's the driver incompatibilities. There's all the little this, that's, and the other things. Maybe we should go and not update to that. What a novel concept. And lo and behold, it turns out being patient is paying off, especially when a, a finished product, a, a finished software product is basically, you know, beta software. There's no other way to look at Windows 11, really. It was not ready for prime time. It is still not ready for prime time. I don't think it's going to be ready for prime time until the year 2023. And I think by then we're going to be forced to move on to Windows 11 anyway. By the way, Windows 10 was the last operating system you're ever going to need. Remember that? Man, what a good joke. And we laughed and laughed. That was great. Shifting gears, though, Jack Dorsey has stepped down as the CEO of Twitter. 
This seemed to have just come out of nowhere. Now, Jack Dorsey has not exactly been um, the most favorable character in the tech world, but I mean, it's not like he was Elon Musk or the Zuck or... God, are those like our two... Our, I would say Jeff Bezos, but Jeff Bezos isn't in charge of Amazon anymore. But right away, we have... Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, by the way. Pareg Agrawal. If I mispronounced that, I apologize. I am 99% certain I just did. But that guy has stepped up as the CEO of Twitter. And for the most part, the message from Jack Dorsey just pretty much said like, yeah, I'm out. The actual message that he wrote pretty much just more along the lines of, quote, after 16 years of of having a role at our company from co-founder to CEO to chair exec to interim CEO to CEO, I decided it was finally time for me to leave. Why? There is a lot of talk about the importance of a company being founder led. Ultimately, I believe that's severely limiting to a single point of failure. I've worked hard to ensure this company can break away from its found founding and founders and there's three reasons I believe that to be the time right now. And then it goes on to say why pretty much the two, the, his, his two next up guys are, you know, great people and it's going to be fantastic and happy and basically he just wants to go ahead and work on crypto or something like that. I don't know. He actually doesn't say exactly why he's leaving. He did say, however, he is going to serve on the board through his term, which is going to be until Mayish. So his voice is still going to be there on Twitter. But that's about it. So what does this all mean? Honestly, I don't know. You've now got the the head guy who had the initial vision for Twitter to step down. And granted, he's a guy that's just been weird. Now, he has come out and said one of the most controversial moves, which was censoring a news story on Twitter was a mistake. But then, you know, the people who then step up then updated its privacy policy to include a ban on sharing photos and videos of other people without their permission on this anti-doxing rule and a bunch of other people show other privacy concerns based on this. 
Because here's the thing with their anti-doxing policy that was just implemented. How do you prove that? And that is a good question. The rules are very vague as to how they would justify what is considered doxing and what isn't. Now, I mean, it's easy to say, like, if a tweet says, hey, here's here's a pic of great, handsome, Twitch streamer Eagle Falcon, and here's his home address. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But what if someone put up a picture of me, said, hey, go check this guy out, and Twitter just had a vendetta against that guy, and just used that as grounds on this anti-doxing policy to terminate the account? That's kind of an issue when you're talking about a platform that's supposed to be as public as Twitter. So the vagueness, I have a problem with this. Obviously, the grounds of banning someone for trying to dock someone, I don't have a problem with. I mean... If it's obvious, I mean, obviously you take it out. Well, if you go ahead and just jump to conclusions, perma ban, because someone posted a picture of someone they, they like and say, hey, you know, shout out to this guy, you have a problem. Needless to say, we're going to be keeping an eye on what other policies this new CEO puts in, as well as this new team. But I'm starting to get a bit of a bad feeling, but I hope I'm wrong. That's what I'll say about that. Meanwhile, HP multifunction printers have uh, a vulnerability. Certain office-grade HP multifunction and it's un are they actually laser jets? Yeah, the actual laser jet printers, which by the way, are basically the only good printers that HP makes. I mean, prove me wrong. You really can't. HP can't make an inkjet printer to save their lives. But I'd also argue, no one can make an inkjet printer to save their lives. All inkjet printers are awful. Underline, awful. Name an inkjet printer that actually has more successes than failures. They all have one job, and they suck at it. Laser jet, at least, although it sucks a ton of power to do what it does. At least it does it consistently.
But the problem is with this vulnerability, anyone can go in and by ex- executing a specific bit of remote, co- uh, excuse me, a set of remote command functions, they can, in fact, take control of the printer. Almost complete control. Oh, they can go ahead and print a whole bunch of pictures of a butt. Big deal. That's not really scary. Complete control also means they will underline will. Skim all the data for everything being printed to that printer and all documents being scanned by that printer. That is a huge deal if you're, say, a law firm. For the average person like you and me, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But to certain businesses, that is, well, unacceptable. That is not an acceptable risk at all. So if you're an IT person, you're in charge of, quote, certain HP Enterprise LaserJet, HP LaserJet managed, HP Enterprise PageWide, and HP PageWide managed printers, Apparently, it just sounds like it's all of those families. Um, Update the firmware. Update the firmware. Like, right the F now. I mean, fortunately, these sort of printers are very easy to update the firmware on nowadays, since they've now all got, like, mini computers in them. You try updating the firmware on an older LaserJet. You're you're just done. There's just no other way to say it. You're just done. And before we get to the first break, Twitch has finally rolled out some moderation tools that are actually useful. Twitch, unfortunately, has had a streak lately of just Bad tool release after bad tool release after bad tool released after bad tool release. They've just, they've just not cared. Oh, hey, look, now you can run ads automatically on your channel and watch people get, ha- be interrupted midway through whatever thing you were doing. Oh, Thanks. A tool that will ru- that will ruin my content for any new people. Cool. Thanks. I hate it. Oh, here's a... Wow, I'm actually trying to remember, like, some of the other bad tools. Uh, 
there's been so many there's been so many moves twitch has made lately that i've just like blocked them out of my memory because it's just like oh cool never doing that but this one actually is very very interesting for you see if you go to your moderation panel which I now cannot oh there it is you will see and it's actually they actually made big note of it it's called the the suspicious users tool and what it will do is it will automatically if the ai detects that someone is being malicious in the way they're operating or trying to be ban evaders it will automatically hold the message for review from a moderator and the moderator can say yeah that's 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 fine don't worry about it or it's just like okay come on man and then you just have your moderator team just take care of it all easy peasy and you know what's even better you know what's even better it's on by default in fact it's set to the second highest level by default oh i'm sorry it's set to the highest level by default no it is set to the second highest i set it to the highest level possible great tool I wish we had this you know four five six months ago when that whole hate raid thing was going on I mean most likely this tool is a direct end result of the hate raid situation As Twitch was floundering around with their dev team trying to go ahead and be proactive badly about it, they most likely have been working on this behind the scenes. Which is fine. That is perfectly fine. I just wish they, you know, talked about it and that's one thing that twitch has actually really gotten under my skin with their inability to communicate they had a major breach and only talked about it on twitter Their highest tier, or their second highest tier of a content creator is commonly referred to as partners. And yet the relationship between Twitch and its partners almost seems like a very bad domestic abuse sort of thing where there is just no talking, no communication, 
between Twitch and their partners. None, zip, zero, nada. I even wonder if Twitch even communicated all that well with their so-called Twitch ambassadors, which is the new now highest tier of content creator on Twitch, at least as far as labels go. Obviously, there are some streamers that are, you know, the biggest of the big and aren't Twitch ambassadors. Just because those streamers most likely either turned down the offer or just were never offered it in the first place. But I mean, think about that for a second. My rank in Twitch is just affiliate. And it doesn't take much in the grand scheme of things to become a Twitch affiliate. You just need three average viewers, you need 50 followers, and you need to stream for like... God, what is it? 20 hours in in a month? I mean, granted, I don't remember them at all because by the time the affiliate program got launched, I already qualified and was one of the first. Which always feels weird to me. I never knew the struggle of trying to get Twitch affiliate status. And there's people who, like, actively struggle. Oh, here we go. Reach 50 followers, stream for eight hours. Within a (laughs) stream eight hours in 30 days. That's nothing. That's two streams for me. Stream on seven different days within a 30 day period and an average of three viewers. To get the right to apply for partner, you need to stream for 25 hours within a 30-day period, stream on 12 different days in a a 30-day period. Oh, wow, with my hiatus, I'm actually down to 13 out of 12 within a 30-day period. Whoops. And then, of course, the part that uh, is the hardest, 75 co-current viewers. And yet, as far as communication goes, I have the same amount of communication done to me as the Twitch partners, which is done. You wonder why in the Twitch world, there's all these disgruntled partners. Anytime a new feature is launched that goes to affiliates and partners and partners complain about, oh, affiliates get all this stuff, I get nothing. Because the one thing you're supposed to have, which is commu- which is better communication with Twitch, they don't give you. At all. Twitch. Freaking go put Bill from accounting on a newsletter and just send that out to your partners. It's not that hard. 
I do not understand how a communications platform like Twitch is so bad at communication, and yet they are. And then you wonder why a whole bunch of big-name streamers start switching over to YouTube. Although, uh, Ludwig, who recently was the biggest streamer to switch over to YouTube, um, still made one of the dumbest mistakes you possibly could. He played copyrighted music on a live stream. Wow. Good job. Two days on the YouTube platform, and you did the one thing that YouTube is infamous for. You played copyright music. The amount of time in the suspension is unknown. Most likely, Ludwig's not at, uh, not obligated to say right now, or just can't, or YouTube hasn't made the decision yet. But come on, two days later and you tried playing copyrighted music? Were you not on Twitch? Were you not there when copyrighted music and the fear of it was the biggest issue ever? What do you think? Oh man, I'll go over to YouTube. They can play copyright music there. No! Slow freaking clap. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We've got quite a bit more to talk about, including faulty cables, more stories about. Actually, you know what I'm thinking about later on. We do have the FTC slamming NVIDIA for trying to acquire ARM. Wow, would I even put that in my opening notes? That's actually a really big one. Welcome back, you guys on tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. A story was actually just brought to my attention during the break. Um, this is a bit of an update on to... Uh, know how I said that uh, Windows 11 was going to stop being so uh, obnoxious about having you set your default away from Microsoft Edge? Well, I, it turns out they switched their obnoxiousness. They switched their obnoxiousness to... Uh, I'll just refer to it as the old ways. Remember how in Windows 10, you had those really, really, really annoying pop-ups saying to switch to Edge, switch to Edge? Well, how about this? On Windows 10 and 11, if you try to switch, try to download Chrome, you have a pop-up that says, 
Microsoft Edge runs on the same technology as Chrome with the added trust of Microsoft. Browse securely now. Some other versions of this include, that browser is so 2008. You know what's new? Microsoft Edge. I hate saving money, said no one ever. Microsoft Edge is the best browser for online shopping. Why won't you learn? What is wrong with you? You're making me want to root for Linux. And I don't want to learn Linux. Why? Why you do this? Why you do this to me? Uh, the Google Pixel 6 seems to be rejecting low quality USB-C cables in certain situations. So apparently within... I'm sorry, I got distracted by the fact that my phone just decided to set off like 28 notifications all at once. But in any case, so basically what's going on inside the Google Pixel 6 is that it seems to be running a sort of test sensor on the cable as it's inserted to go ahead and see if the charging cable is secure if it will in fact run properly and if it detects something wrong it just refuses to work I'm on the fence whether this is a big issue or not, but here's what I will say. I would expect this to show up in way, way more products. Wouldn't you? I would totally... Expect to see more cell phones start to adopt this kind of technology. Right now, it's just Google because they they went ahead and made their own chip. But be ready. Be ready for more phones. Judging what horrible gas station you bought that five dollar cable at. And also be ready for U.S. creditors to now slide into your DMs. What? <laughs> All right, in, uh, in a world of dystopian <laughs> communication, debt collectors will now be able to go ahead and slide into your DMs, basically, in order to try and collect a debt.
the actual act that brings this forward is oh it's actually just a new rule just straight up from the consumer finance protection bureau that well now you can get a twitter dm about why you haven't paid back your student loan or whatever You can, in fact, opt out of these messages, but creditors do not need permission to contact people. Here's my thought. I would be okay with this if Underline if these same platforms had some sort of tool in place and it better be a really good tool to verify that they actually are a debt collector. You see where my mind's going on this because it's the first thing I think of when it comes to any sort of form of communication. Because I get this sort of nonsense, at least, underline, at least 20 times a day. Mostly for Medicare, assuming I'm 69 years old. So someone shared really bad info. It's actually now starting to drive me nuts. I guess that's my own fault, though. But the potential for scams on this is super, super high. And I say this as someone who absolutely, from a business point of view, did in fact catch a fake debt collector attempt to collect a fictional debt. Trying to say that we owed... And it wasn't a very high amount. It was only like $400 for a, for a company that we have never, ever worked with in the entire history of our company. So we'll have to wait and see how this is done. I would strongly recommend that some moves be made to secure this potential giant hole for fraud. The CMA is directing Facebook to sell Giphy. The CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority in the UK, or is it the EU? I assume it's UK since this is from a UK site. Is now saying that Facebook, which is now totally, totally not Facebook, but is actually a company called Meta, needs to go ahead and sell Giphy. I swear if Facebook tries to say... Uh, Facebook does not own Giphy, Meta does, as a potential argument for saying they can't do anything about it. 
I am going to scream. I will absolutely lose my mind. Actually, more than likely, I would just, you know, jump up and down saying, I frickin' called it. Because didn't I say that'd be one of the first things Facebook... If I was Facebook and I was making a shell company, that is one of the first things i do. Try to find any excuse to say, nah, I'm not Facebook. You're, this, this is not the scummy company you're looking for. Nope. Not at all. NVIDIA should have probably actually taken a page out of that book as well, seeing as how the FTC has now sued NVIDIA to block its 40 billion arm deal. What do I mean by that? NVIDIA has tried to go ahead and purchase the company behind ARM processors. And chat's wondering, can uh, can the Sith do the Jedi mind trick, implying that the Facebook is run by the Sith? Um... Concerning the fact, I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull that off. No, I do not think Facebook's going to be able to pull off the Jedi mind trick and all this. And say that this is, this is not the company you're looking for. Also, let's be honest. With how weird Zuckerberg is, he'd make a terrible Sith. I mean, I know this is a tech podcast, and I rip on other tech outlets for uh, venturing off into pop culture. But holy cow, the Sith are like calculated planners. Everything is going according to their plan. Master manipulators and only use their really cool force lightning and really, really cool freaking lightsabers when pushed into a corner. They're amazing manipulators. I swear Mark Zuckerberg would be the worst Sith ever. He couldn't manipulate out of a paper bag. Uh, yes, I am real human. Want to go skateboards, dude? I'm going to, I'm going to still stick with the most likely false rumors that, <laughs> that Mark Zuckerberg is in fact one of the, one of the ancient lizard people who control the, uh, who control the world behind the scenes. <laughs> oh no. I'm laughing because someone in chat said, nah, Dark Mark Zuckerberg is Darth Jar Jar Binks level of Sith. Oh no. He just pulls off his rubber mask and he's actually he's actually just Jar Jar. Oh man! All right. Well, now I have complete nightmares. Let's instead talk about how how Nvidia is is getting a massive lawsuit from the FTC saying that uh, Nvidia buying ARM may in fact lead to a massive massive dose of anti-competitiveness you want to know what brought this up you know what finally brought up 
the question I raised long ago, the question of how the heck can you look at the NVIDIA deal and think, this is fine. This is fine. So what if NVIDIA owns the company that makes some of their own chips? It's not going to be a massive conflict of ish, uh, 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 conflict of interest at all. You know what changed that? Everyone and their mother trying to make ARM chips! Name a tech company right now that hasn't considered making their own chips based on ARM. Google's doing it. Amazon's making it. Microsoft is dumb, but is still is thinking about it. Oh, wait, no. They, wait, no. I'm sorry. Microsoft has. It's already in the Surface X1. Apple's doing it on a massive scale. NVIDIA does it now. AMD is looking at potential of making its own chips. They'll be co-processors to their GPUs right now. AMD is also just looking into making ARM chips as a whole right now. You know what I'm wait- actually waiting for? I am waiting for AMD chips to just have a small ARM coprocessor to to run ARM applications on the side. And I know right now with the current levels of technology, that seems impossible. There'd be a huge software limitation. But considering the fact how AMD is perfectly content, going ahead, let's do, let's make a giant big architecture with a bunch of little processors. We're going to go ahead and put the, put this on the Infinity Fabric. We're talking about doing a little architecture with that. We're planning on doing this little coprocessor on there. Basically just making one giant to steal a term from in, Intel glued together CPU but using that to add all kinds of functionality on it. I could see it. I don't know if it's going to be real but I could see AMD doing that. The point is that I don't think now with the level that everyone is looking at NVIDIA and ARM, that anyone is going to look at at what's going on with ARM and say, yeah, that's fine. This is good. Is good stuff. The reason I sound really distracted, by the way, is because A, I just looked and saw that the reason I had a whole bunch of notifications go off on my phone was because apparently some massive moves happened in the cryptocurrency market. Apparently last night there was a huge crash. Everything's now starting to rebound, except Ethereum. Ethereum went down again. I don't know what happened in the crypto market, but something happened. B. 
Bitcoin plummeted 14%. Wow, Bitcoin went from 60,000 down to 45,000. Up to 48,000 now. As people are buying into the dip. Wow. Flawless technology, by the way, totally a better currency than uh, the U.S. dollar. When you can just have the value of your currency drop 15% overnight. LOL. The other thing that uh, is really distracting in all this, as I'm looking at this Yahoo Finance uh, article talking about the FTC suing NVIDIA, they keep playing this clip of Jensen from NVIDIA who has the world's worst sunglasses. Actually, they're gunners. The, the blue light filter glasses that I personally dislike. I feel if you're going to go ahead and go blue blocking light, go big or go home. Just saying. But they keep showing a clip uh, showing off NVIDIA's self-driving technology that their GPUs can power. And it is very, very distracting to see this car just like drive itself at like double speed. Maybe we should just switch off that. Let's instead talk about how China has went ahead and made some new draconian moves that's going to result in uh, more aggressive marketing here in the U.S. China has banned Tencent from updating or launching apps in China. Let that sink in for a minute. Just just let that sink in. Imagine you're a game developer for a second and you made a stupid game and called it Horsewinger Saga. And the federal government said you can't update it or launch new versions of that. And then let's pretend you had a game with a better name. your mind oh don't worry you can still make games just not here so yeah 10 cent um given the option of either expand into markets other than china or you know shutting down its doors forever. What do you do? Yeah, let's be perfectly honest. Tencent is going to go ahead and push more bad mobile games in the West where they're allowed to. But this has been another thing I've been kind of noticing in the gaming market for the most part. Mobile games were the new frontier in gaming. 
the thought of having, you know, a very easy, light, playable game in your pocket was very attractive. Big gamers like myself and most likely a lot of you out there didn't really find the appeal of a lot of these, but let's be honest. The idea of opening up your phone and playing a little bit of Bejeweled while you're waiting at the dentist's office, that's not the worst thing in the world. Well, to the masses, this is also very attractive. Something simple and light to play with while you're on the toilet, while you're in the doctor's office, while you're at a red light, which you shouldn't be doing, by the way, but a lot of people do it anyway, which is why we have a whole bunch of problems in the traffic world, but I digress. And then everyone tried to go in and say, how do we capitalize this the most? Because just charging a dollar isn't enough. People just don't want to pay any money. They want free. They want ad-supported. And then it led to predatory monetization options like loot boxes, like in-game currency, or just straight up building the game around harvesting you for every single cent you're worth in what can only be described as the gaming equivalent of cancer. Games like Clash of Clans. And unfortunately now, games like Clash of Clans, like Candy Crush, that go ahead and push hard on spending that little bit extra to get that little bit further. And people hearing from others who are addicted to the game going, yeah, I spent $2,000 on that one game. What about it? Just going... You what? $2,000 on that garbage? What? Which then led to everyone copying everyone, trying to go ahead and get as much of that, what I'll call dumb money, as possible. How many what are called MMORTSs have you seen out there? Games like Clash of Clans, where you upgrade a building, but it takes two weeks for the upgrade to go through unless you pay the premium currency to upgrade it now. Oh, your army will be ready in 30 minutes, but you can pay a little bit of money to have it ready now. Better question, how many mobile games do that, but then advertise on Twitter as being a radically different game? But because there's so many of them and they're so plentiful, no one is able to stop them. And that they're abusing a loophole that you can't false advertise something if you're not getting any money for it, which they're not. They're not getting any money up front. They're getting money in once you're hooked. This 
this style of gaming, of mobile gaming, is everywhere in the mobile market. Most mobile game nows are, are either that or are gotcha pawn ones, which are games where there's a ton of different characters and you purchase loot boxes and maybe have a chance of getting that one you wanted. They're what are referred to as gotcha games. They're also the other overwhelming majority of mobile games. And they make bank. At $2 a pop per booster pack, how could you not be addicted? It's a big problem. We're going to see more of that. But more and more people are seeing the space of the mobile market and want out. This kind of thing you can get away with in the East you're less and less likely to get away with it in the West. So we'll see. Be ready for it. Be ready for a flood of new games because Tencent is big and they definitely follow the idea of quantity over quality. So we'll just have to wait and see how things go in the global market. We're going to take a break here and we come back. A bill is being pushed forward to quote, stop Grinch bots. You don't want to miss this one. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. It finally happened. The government, the man, is coming in to save us all, TM, from the problem that is scalping bots. Only, you know, a year and a half. Actually, no, who are we kidding? Uh, What? No, almost a full two years later. U.S. lawmakers are pushing forward a new piece of legislation called the, quote, Stopping Grinch Bots Act. Grinch bots, really? That's, that's, that's the best. Okay. Grinch bots. Someone thought they were clever. And they are a little bit, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, Grinch bots. Freaking really? For those who are somehow unaware of this. Someone in chat said you need an audible facepalm moment. I uh, button. I do. I really do. This is just like one of those that I cannot slap my face loud enough for it to come up on this mic because it blocks out a lot of sound. 
But for if you somehow do, are unaware, all right, what has been going on in the current market for electronic goods is that scalpers are using automated programs to buy up stock of high in-demand items like, say, GPUs, PS5s, Xboxes, which is why I have constantly joked about these items being fictional. They do not exist. They are myths. They are legends. Well, a number of... Legislators, apparently all Democrat, specifically um, it's proposed by Paul Tonko of New York, Representative Senator Rich Blumenthal of, I want to say Connecticut, the Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, New York, and Senator Ben Ray Luan, who I have most likely mispronounced, who is a Senator of New Mexico. Go ahead and put this forward. Now, I will be perfectly honest. I have not read the legislation. I'm not sure if it's even, you know, been proposed yet, so it's on public record yet. And I'm not saying this because of their political affiliation, because this goes for any piece of political legislation. The devil in almost every single one of these is in the details. Because you never know. And this is regardless of whether Democrat, Republican, Socialist, Monokuma Party, whatever. A lot of these try to sneak in. Little this, that, and the other things. Just to try and see if they can get away. With getting some little thing that they normally couldn't on its own. Or little things that they know their opponents would definitely not be on board with. Just to get it voted down so they can point the figure saying, See? They're a bunch of Grinches! They like Grinch bots! Oh my god, they want to steal Christmas whatevers! This is exactly why I hate covering politics. Because politics is a toxic cesspool of pointing fi- fingers and calling everyone else fat and evil and want to kill babies. Someone in chat said, how, did, how, how is this different from the 2019 version of the same proposed legislation which had the same name? a very good question (laughs) that's actually a very good question I don't know now as far as positional control the Democrats right now in the federal in the federal body technically control everything They control the House. They control the Senate with a half-vote tiebreaker. 
So it is by the slimmest of margins that they control it. And then they control the White House. They don't need to get any any support from any other political faction. But 100% of them must be on board. There is very little room for them to push forward. So we'll see how it goes. But again, I urge caution. Because this is the world of politics we talk about. Oh, wait, no, I actually do. I do want to. There's one thing I actually did forget about, and I don't want to. And I actually am not sure how I forgot about this. The Senate, technically, there is one big roadblock, and it's referred to as the filibuster. Uh, specifically, the two-track system of the filibuster, where in order for any debate to be closed in the Senate, it requires 60 votes to end debate and go to a vote. So technically, no, they actually do need to get 10 members on the other side to join in. And then I get rudely interrupted by a phone call. But I think that pretty much says it all for this one. We'll wait and see how it goes, but they do need to get 10 10 uh, in their favor. I apologize for forgetting about that. All right. Well, now that we have that scam color dealt with, we're going to move on to our, to our next story. My final thoughts, in case I didn't make it clear with um, the previous story. It is definitely going to be a wait and see sort of thing. We're just going to have to wait and see how this is all going to go. And never, ever, ever should Never, ever, ever should you take a story at its face value. Or rather, a piece of legislation at just the title of its name alone. You never know what it's going to go ahead and sneak in. Always be aware. I actually... They actually used the same dumb name two years ago, though. That's nuts iPhones are in trouble. Apple has put out the word that investors should expect a lower volume of iPhones being sold just because of the chip shortage, but they'll make it back next year in 2022. But according to Bloomberg, I'm sorry I got distracted there. Uh, finally, the scam caller who I put on mute uh, finally decided to hang up the call. Bloomberg is reporting that Samsung is telling its, or uh, Apple, I'm sorry, is telling its investors to uh, not expect a rebound in sales of the iPhone 13 in 2022. Why? 
Well, there's a number of factors at play here. One, and that's just simple effectness. The iPhone 13 does not have that many improvements compared to the iPhone 12. You have a smaller notch, a very, very slightly better processor, but it's no major leap forward. You have a slightly better camera, unless it's the Pro model, then you have a fairly decent upgrade in the camera. But you're still on a port that everyone knows it's on its way out. Everyone knows the lightning port's going to be gone. It is a matter of time. Either there's going to be no ports, or it's going to be USB, or it's going to be USB-C. I suspect if they can get away with it, the base iPhone will have no port and be wireless only. And then I I suspect the iPhone Pro will have Thunderbolt. They'll have USB 4 or, or Thunderbolt 3 or whatever that gets actually called nowadays. That is what I, what I suspect will happen. I apologize for my distracting this again, but um, I glanced over and saw that Activision is twen- trending on Twitter, and I wanted to go see why, to see if there's a brand new story in regards to Activision Blizzard. Uh, apparently, the latest update is, in fact, that um, the 2021 Game Awards is um, looking about how to progress with its event in regards to the post-pandemic and the issue with um, the Omicron variant. Or is it Omicron? See, like, here's the thing with, with that variant name. I don't know whether to believe Futurama or not. Because that's been a name that's been used in, in Futurama forever. Ruler of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. We have one person in chat saying it's Omicron, not Omnicron. There is no N, is there? chat says it's just a greek letter i know it's a greek letter all of the um all of the uh the variants of COVID have been based after greek letters but um they skipped new and you because let's be honest people would either be confused or they'd make fun of it forever I, I, i'd make fun of it forever let's be perfectly honest and then you add she. Oh, apparently there was a new variant. It just wasn't a big one. According to someone in the chat. I'd also believe that. But they did skip she. Um, some people believe because it would just create confusion because it sounds like she, S-H-E, 
instead of XI. Other people believe it's also related to believe that, hey, look, it's just like uh, the the first name of the current. Uh, I forgot the actual official position, but um, the guy at the head of the. Of. Uh, the party in power in China. I am blanking on names all of a sudden. This is what I get for starting the podcast so early. Xi Jinping, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people speculate we skipped uh, Xi because of that. So we're on the next letter, which is Omicron. That is the working theory. So the situation with that is causing the 2021 Game Awards to uh, consider how it's moving forward. And also the question of how do you talk about one of the bigger gaming companies, Activision Blizzard, in all this? (laughs) Well, go on. Tell me more. Uh, same person in chat from earlier said none of them are skipped. Many of them just did not rise to the level of being a variant of interest or a variant of concern. And that is, in fact, a uh, a thing. So what are we... The variants monitored right now are Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Epilon, Eta. My brain... Cannot tell if that's an I or an L. Iota, Kappa, Lambda, Mu, and Zeta. Well, Kappa's a joke, so most likely the Kappa variant's going to be nothing. I know the person who who is saying this in the in the chat does have a um some knowledge in at the at, at the my tongue has tied itself into a pretzel epidemiology but I also say I have not confirmed this information for myself and also I am not an epidemiologist in the first place so most likely my attempt to try and go ahead and I'm sorry, he, stu- he studies uh, conspiracy th- theories with, um, in, in all of this. So yeah, I, I know this, I know the person who's saying it in chat, um, does monitor this kind of stuff greatly. And I mean, of course, let's be perfectly honest. News sources right now do not tell everything. Like, not even close. It, it is one thing that actually is a challenge when putting together this podcast, is just trying to find multiple sources saying mostly the same thing to confirm the story is actually solid. It's the other reason why I don't cover politics, because you want to talk about a field of news that anyone is going to say whatever the heck they want. Frickin' politics. Here we go. We actually have a document from 
let's see oh my god i'm falling to the same trap as uh yeah currently variants of concern it, um, by the cdc is only delta and omicron but there are currently variants being monitored alpha beta ga ga gamma epsilon e <laughs> i almost said eta <laughs> Eta, I, Iota, Kappa, one that is just called 1.617.3, Mu and Zeta. What do we do when there is a, when there's an Omega variant? Do we just cycle again or we go to a different dead language? Oh God, we're gonna go to Latin. We're gonna go to Latin letters, we're doomed. Where were we before I distracted myself 20 times over? And I, I blame myself, I don't blame anyone in the chat for distracting me. Um. Oh yeah, iPhone 13s. The iPhone 13, I mean, the phone's not that big an update. Everyone knows there's going to be a bigger phone sooner than later. You already have the iPad Pro rocking a full-blown Apple M1 silicon chip in it. It's already there. You already have an iPad Pro rocking lightning. Uh, not lightning, Thunderbolt. Full-blown USB-C with absurd transfer rates, something that is ideal for transferring data from that massive camera they went ahead and put in the iPhone Pro. But guess what? It has lightning. So you're transferring these massive, underlying massive files over USB 2 or, or more likely wireless. You have no other option. Because the only port you put on there is your lightning port, which, by the way, every single freaking Apple fanboy that is trying to go ahead and justify the existence of lightning, that's a good thing. You are the problem. You are the problem. The port is old. The port is useless. The only reason you don't want to do it is because you don't want to go ahead and update your out-of-date dongles in the first place. Let the world evolve. It's USB 2. We're moving on to USB 4. Two megabits is not a good transfer speed. No matter how... Can you tell I'm frustrated with that? Completely and utterly. It is just mind-boggling. I gotta actually go and look and see how much time we have have right now, because I had to split this segment. All right, I got about, I got about ten minutes. Let's get into Nvidia. All right, Nvidia is theoretically going to be launching a new GPU, the RTX 3090 Ti, featuring brand new GDDR6X memory, solely because there's no GDDR5 to find anywhere. Who's excited for this? No one? Awesome. Because you know what's going to happen. 
You know what's going to happen. You know that it's going to go ahead. It's going to get scalped. It's going to be bought off. There's only going to be six of these made in the first place. Not exactly six, but you know what I mean. It might as well just not exist at all. It is going to be a fictional card. That is all there is to it. I hate the fact that that is the the way of the world right now. But it is. But here's something to consider. You want to know how long this chip shortage has been going? You kind of wondered if you'd ever see a 3000 series card. The answer is no. The RTX 4000 series is coming. It has now been long enough in this state of chip shortage hell that we could be seeing the RTX 4000 series coming soon. The early reports of the 4000 series, I mean, you know what's funny? The funny thing is that no one is talking about what the performance of this card is. This is going to be unlike any other GPU launch because there is only one metric they are measuring this GPU by. Only one. You want to know what that is? Will it be in stock? It is the only metric that now, it is the only benchmark that matters. It's availability. What is the point if your GPU is the most powerful in the world if it doesn't exist? <sighs> the reports are saying they're switching off the old process of using Samsung. They're going to be going with... Is it TSMC? Yes, TSMC's 5 nanometer node... We'll just have to see. Can it be in stock? The other question is, how long until some of TSMC's new foundries go up? There's the other big, big question. Can they make these GPUs? Can they meet demand? New foundry is going to be the only way. Because every foundry right now is at 100% and there's a shortage. So, time will tell. It's not surprising at all that we're already hearing rumors. I would suspect we will hear about this fall 2022. That's when I expect this to go. So it's going to depend... Will TSMC get their foundries up? I would say spring of 2022. If they can do that, there is hope of these GPUs and other silicon actually being able to hit the market. So we'll just have to wait and see. In the meantime, good news! You can get RTX 
3050 and 3050 Ti mythical GPUs sometime in Q2 of 2022, and these will have uh, wonky memory on it because we can't find the correct number of RAM chips to get them out. This is what the GPU market has come to. We're trying to get excited for anything, literally anything, no matter how chopped down it is, no matter how Frankenstein together it is, because literally no other GPU actually exists. The only ones that are out there are either being scalped by the actual retailers themselves, because it's the only way to keep product on the shelf, or was bought up by scalpers who bought up the few that were sold at retail, only then scalp of themselves for more than the than the retail outlets that are scalping them in the first place. If you're, regardless of whether you're just like, oh man, my 2070 is pretty good, but man, I could really use a slight upgrade. Yeah, no, you're not in the market for that. You're in the market to sit and wait because nothing right now makes sense. And then, of course, how could I forget the cryptocurrency market? The cryptocurrency market, which, by the way, is uh, is on drugs right now. I don't know what spooked the cryptocurrency market, but holy cow, is the cryptocurrency market going up and down today like nobody's business. Nothing came across my radar. I don't know if it's just a random dip or if someone farted the wrong way. But crypto is way down. So. What's going to end up happening? I guarantee you these 3050s and 3050 TIs are going to be what's referred to as light hash rate. But light hash rate is already irrelevant. Because while the restrictions for Ethereum mine are in place, you use what's not restricted to go mine another cryptocurrency and it's still very profitable so there's a decent chance what is bought up will just end up going to cryptocurrency miners anyway because any price can be justified when it's a money printer and that's all gpus are to cryptocurrency miners money printers meanwhile intel uh uh they could be our GPU saviors. Woo! Intel is planning on launching a new GPU every year until 2025. Now, that would not surprise me at all. Intel's done very well, TM, with their kind of TikTok design of releasing a new product every year in the CPU line. It does not surprise me at all that they could go ahead and pull the same off with GPUs. The question then becomes, A, are the GPUs actually any good whatsoever? <laughs> Someone in chat points out that, hey, remember how these GPUs were called uh, the Intel Z XI? 
Be on the lookout for Intel GPU Delta Mu Omicron. I'm going to break the habit of saying Omicron because that is a fun word to say, even though it's not a real word. So Intel wants to go launch a brand new GPU every year. Once again, I have to ask, A, is the GPU better than the one that's integrated? That's the first thing. And that's, here's the worst part. It only has to be slightly better. All it needs to do is be better than whatever hot garbage is integrated on your chip. That's it. That's all it needs to do. And then it has to meet the second metric, which people are beating to me in the chat. It has to be in stock. It has to actually exist. Now, granted, Intel owns their own fabs. They have a better excuse for being in stock than most other places. So all we can do is wait and see what is going to be happening. We're going to take our... Someone in chat has pointed out, you know, this, it's not going to matter if the scalper bots buy them all. Oh, no, we're back to politics. Ah, no, we need to get to the next segment before it all happens. We'll be right back. Crazy stuff up ahead, including the world's grossest plastic. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Microsoft Edge now has a built-in financing tool. It's called Zip, and will just let you, whenever you're shopping around on uh, on Twitch, to, or not on Twitch, but on any shopping website, to just go ahead and... Um, And just let you uh, buy now and then pay later to just finance pretty much anything. Super. Isn't that great? Isn't that so considerate? Just, uh, just buy anything. You know, whatever. It's fine. This is totally fine. Microsoft layaway, someone in chat says. And then people wonder why the heck we're trying to go ahead and switch our default browser away from Edge. If there's... This is actually still really funny. From... um. Linus Tech Tips last year did something they called Secret Shopper, where they had someone oblivious to how to build a computer. I think they actually grabbed like their t-shirt designer or something like that, and then went and then had them go up and order a gaming PC with a budget from each of the major PC vendors 
to see what they got for their money and the quality of it. The Dell representative tried to upsell them on financing something like four, five, or six times. While on the phone with a half hour for them. If I got offered for freaking financing six times, I'd be driven insane. What on, what, why? Oh no, just no. Ugh. But then to have that built into your browser? Just snap my neck now. No. God, no. Just no. Needless to say, I'm not a fan. I mean, if you want to go and do that sort of thing, just get a, get the zip extension directly and install it yourself. Give me the choice rather than having it be installed by default. But this also leads into my other point. This is exactly how free browsers make their money. Free browsers make their money by either A, selling your information, because of course, there's an old saying, if it's free, you are the product. But then also, they go ahead and make deals like this. Zip pays Microsoft a boatload of money to say, hey, install, pre-install us in every version of Edge. And lo and behold, it's there. We've already seen Microsoft sell out like this when certain versions of Windows 10 would come pre-installed with Candy Crush. I'm pretty sure I uninstalled it from my computer. I'm now, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm actually not sure if I did or not. I'm fairly certain I did. Yeah, it looks like I did. It's one thing when you're getting a computer from Dell or HP with pre-installed software. When I go ahead and take a fresh install of Windows, install it, and I have bloat from Microsoft itself, you have a problem. And I'm fairly certain I ripped on this. And if I didn't, I should have. And past me is at fault. So, we'll just have to wait and see what ends up happening with this. I hope there's a ba- I hope there's a big backlash against bloatware like this cuz Microsoft's getting to the point of being obnoxious in the way they're behaving. In other news that's more horrifying than that, tiny living robots have figured out how to reproduce. These new xenobots can reproduce themselves through a process that's being referred to as can, can, how do I pronounce that word? Jeez. Kinematic replication. 
Y have you ever seen those, uh, those sort of plot lines? Self-replicating robots consume something, make a copy of themselves, and they do it at infinite and consume an entire world and bring it to ruin? We've done it. Someone in chat said that's what humans do. <laughs> to, to quote a pigeon, listen here, you little, and then an expletive that I'm trying to avoid saying because I want this to be a family-friendly podcast. Now... Before you start turning to some of those horror episodes of the Twilight Zone or other spin-offs of it. They're not exactly um potent in any way shape or form. It's basically nanobots that uh basically shake around and then eventually split off. It's not like they can grow at infinitum. There is a finite existence to them. So it's an interesting advancement and makes for a very great horrifying headline. Almost as horrifying as 3D printed living ink can lead to self-repairing buildings. What? Living ink. So apparently, fizz.org reports that scientists of unknown origin, apparently, have developed a living ink you could print equally a lot. Excuse me. Print equally alive materials usable for creating 3D structures. The team genetically engineered cells for E. coli and other microbes. Why is it always E. coli? Of all the things in the world, frickin' E. coli. It is so bizarre how... Hey, look, here's a disease that can potentially be de deadly, and you gotta make sure you cook your food properly or else E. coli is gonna kill you, lol. And it's just such a great genetic material to work with. It is used in, like, every... It, it, e. coli is like the freaking microbiology equivalent of Legos. It is crazy. Someone in chat says, just don't lick the walls. But yeah, other people in chat are saying that it's very easy to work with. It's basically the lab rat of bacteria. I get that. But as someone who isn't a microbiologist, I still can't help but just go to my first reflex of saying, really? E. coli? That one thing we have a scare of every ten, 10 years saying, oh, there's an outbreak of E. coli in, in, in your heads of lettuce. 
Cook your lettuce and make it ruined or just throw it out. Like that part of, I know it's a, it's a, it's basically like I kind of jokingly said, basically the Lego, basically the biology equivalent of Legos. But of course, I mean, we start getting into the E. coli is just a generic term, as someone just mentioned in chat, chat for a family of bacteria that is very, <clears throat> excuse me, that is, you know, very easily moldable and self-replicating at a, at a great expanse. And of course, some can become pathogens. Kind of like how uh, COVID-19, which never really got an official name, just end up becoming coronavirus, which there's tons of coronaviruses out there. All coronavirus means is that it's a virus with crown spikes. It's a family of virus. There's tons of them out there, but now forever and coronavirus is going to be associated with COVID-19. I want to say rhinovirus, the virus that's responsible for the common cold, is like a flavor of a coronavirus. And actually, someone had to correct me again, because technically I'm also wrong, because COVID-19 is the disease which is caused by SARS-CoV-2. Actually, I should say SARS-CoV-2, which is a strain of a coronavirus. And yeah, that was another thing that, like, I had to sit through so many meetings. Because our company works with, like, the major healthcare departments of, um, of our area. So many of those terms I have to learn. And so many of them is just, like, that just ends up becoming, all right, so we have to deal with this pathogen, that pathogen, and the other pathogen. Um, are you sure your equipment's able to handle it? Does the pathogen die at 160 degrees Fahrenheit? Yes, we're fine. This one might be able to survive that. Does it die to bleach in, in, a, in a small... I can't actually reveal the exact amount we use because it's a, a trade secret. But does it die at, at, at with exposure to bleach at, a, at a parts, parts per uh, this, this amount of water? Oh, yes, instantly. Then we're fine. That is pretty much how every single one of those meetings go. Every single time. And someone in chat says, welcome to the world of how annoying te technical jargon is. I don't know what you're talking about. That never, technical jargon never happens. Did you know that emia means presence in blood? It still greatly amuses me that emia means presence in blood became a meme. <laughs> Living Ink! Yay! Here's... Wait. I just had a really horrifying thought. What if you have a tattoo of this Living Ink? What would happen? Should I be afraid? 
Hmm. Concern. Someone in chat says, yay, we've invented a new form of cancer. That probably is what would end up happening. I mean, I have to assume that this method of living ink, there has to be some way to contain it for it to be a, quote, self-repairing building. Because otherwise, then the building would just grow into a new shape that is nothing like its original structure. It would just grow wildly. Just all of a sudden you wake up and there's a crystalline black formation in your floor. As the living ink that made up your floor just grows out strangely. But you know, these are already some really bizarre, interesting, fascinating stories in regards to the future of technology. And any one of these so far would have been considered the last burb story. But however, this story made quite the bit of rounds. And... There's no way it could not be our last burb. The last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, eco-friendly plastic is made of oil and sperm. Just let that sink in for a moment. A brand new plastic made of, granted it's salmon sperm. So before you start thinking about the weirdest case of the matrix ever, of entire nation's worth of men being captured and harvested to go make plastic, it is using salmon sperm. So it's just salmon being thrown into a futuristic matrix to be harvested for their genetic material. What is this world I'm living in? What is this? What on earth? So, I mean... It's biodegradable. Its primary materials are all organic. None of you are going to be looking at the office supply store the same ever again, are you? You're going to be wondering in like two years when this kind of technology could possibly be implemented on a commercial scale. Um, wonder is, is that pencil case made of what? <laughs> just when you thought the year 2020 and 2021 commonly referred to as 2020.1 or 2020 Kiwami could not get any more bizarre ladies and gentlemen eco-friendly semen pl plastic You can't make this up. You thought you could, but you can't. There is, it, <laughs> you just can't. What is this world I live in? We may never, ever 
fully comprehend the madness that is this. Just, just this. Folks, we've clearly gone off the deep end. It is time to end this, uh, this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Um, thank you so much for listening through the end. If you're listening to this, congratulations. Uh, you are a dedicated listener, because I would have tuned out the moment I heard plastic made of oil and sperm. But, you know, you're, you're a trooper, and I apparently am not. I do encourage you to check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, where I actually don't recall if we actually talked about this or not. It's such a dumb story. It's possible I didn't talk about it. That airs every morning, 4 a.m., but you can listen to it whenever you want to. It's intended to be a, be a morning podcast, so check it out in the morning. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Okay, so how long until until this story is turned into a porno? That's the real question. How long until this story ends up becoming the plot to a bad porno? It's inevitable, right? It, someone's already working on it, isn't it? it it's going to happen. They're like, there's no way it doesn't happen. This story is too weird. To not be turned into a bad porno, whether written or actually acted. And if it's actually acted, please, whatever you do, do not send it to me in public. Or in private, actually, for that fact. You know what? Just don't tell me. Don't ever tell me. Oh, hey, look, another scam call.